good to see you all. As Matt said, uh, I'm going to talk about Daniel and the Lions. Dan, we're doing a series on stories from the Old Testament. It's good to remember these, be inspired by these. I think we can by Daniel's story this morning. That was one thing. The girl's funeral yesterday, he inspired so many people. And you could tell by all the people there and the words that were said, what influence he had. Daniel had a great influence on people in his life. He was a Jewish immigrant to the Babylonian Empire. And he rose up to power to greatly influence three different kings and two world empires. But what is remarkable about this man, well, the reason we still talk about this man today was because of his faith, his great faith in God. And the writer of Hebrews said in Hebrews 11 that his faith shut the mouths of lions. That's great faith. And we're going to talk about that today and how he did that and hopefully be reminded of how we can have such faith in our lives. The book of Daniel begins 600 years before Christ. And at that time, the Babylonians ruled the, most of the world, the Babylonian Empire. They had conquered so many lands. And the, the people of God, the, the people of Judah, uh, were ruled by a corrupt and evil king. And after a long time, he started turning the hearts of the people away from God. And so God finally stopped protecting Judah. And this allowed the Babylonians to conquer them as well. And they came in and ravaged their land, and they, they stole all the treasure out of the temple. And they brought it back to Babylon. And they went and searched for the most gifted children that they had. And they brought these children back to Babylon to serve them, to be groomed and to be taught how to be Babylonians and to serve them in the, in, in the government, in the temple. Well, Daniel was one of these children that was taken. He was a very gifted child, and he was taken with the rest of them. Imagine how how that would be if that happened to you. How if, if they came and they, they just took you to a foreign land that was completely different than America, and they they spoke a different language. No one spoke English, and they started teaching you the language. They had completely different customs, totally different than ours and different laws. They ate different kinds of food. And they were just completely different. It would be hard to keep being a Christian like we are today, I think. It would be hard to keep doing what you're doing today, worshiping God the way we are together. They had no Bibles. They would, they would actually try to teach you not to do that. That would be hard growing up that way. It would be hard to, to remain and grow up as a child, a Christian, in an environment like that, wouldn't it? Well, King, ne King Nebuchadnezzar 
um, ordered that all these children would be fed the same kind of food and drink the wine that he drank. And this was food that the Jews were told by God they shouldn't eat. And Daniel felt bad about eating this food. He didn't want to, and he, he, he spoke up, which took a whole lot of guts, I think. He, he asked if they could, they could be served vegetables. And they didn't want to, but they served him vegetables, and he only ate the vegetables. And he only drank the water. And as they saw how well they did eating vegetables and water, they, they allowed them to do that. You know, sometimes we might be afraid of ro- rocking the boat, you know, afraid to speak up when we, when we are told to do something we don't think is right. We sit, have to be involved in things that aren't right. And there was a, there was a woman I remember working with long ago who, <clears throat> these engineers, sometimes they like to swear a lot. These particular ones she was sitting next to just swore all the time. And it bothered her. It hurt her conscience. She tried to get them to stop. They wouldn't stop. And so she spoke up and she asked to be moved to a different part of the building. And because she was a hard worker, they did that for her. And I always admired her for that. You know, I heard them snicker about it, you know, and make fun of her. But she stood up for what she believed. And I admired her for that. We need to be like Daniel and not be afraid to say something. You know, if you work hard, if you're a good, a good person and valuable, you know, you'd not be surprised at what can change if you'd say something, you know. Now, after three years of this training, uh, the children there that were brought from Judah, uh, Daniel was so exceptional. And King Nebuchadnezzar was so impressed with Daniel, he brought him into the palace to serve him personally. That was how hard he worked. And one day, uh, the king started having these disturbing dreams. Now Daniel had grown, and he'd become about a middle-aged man at this point, and God blessed him and gave him wisdom He gave him a special gift. He gave him the gift to interpret dreams. And the king started having these disturbing dreams, and none of his wise men could interpret them. And so Daniel uh, was able to interpret these dreams for him and tell him what they meant. And through these dreams, God showed the king what was going to happen in the future. Daniel told him how these nations would rise and fall and what's going to happen with the kingdoms in the future. And how eventually one kingdom would stand in the end and it would last forever. In Daniel 2 and 44, he said, And in these days of these kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom which will never be destroyed. And the kingdom shall not be left to other people. It shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. Daniel prophesying the church Christ would build. Now hearing the wisdom and the way he interpreted all these dreams, the king felt
worship God. And he said, your God is the God of gods and the Lord of kings. And he made Daniel ruler over all the wise men of the kingdom. You know it's no different for you and I today. Each of you has a gift from God. Talents that God has given you that are special. And you can choose whether you're going to use these gifts to help people or not. We need to be like Daniel and and use the gifts that God has given us. Maybe it's, you know, the work you do, something, a talent you have in, in, in work. Or maybe it's cooking or making money. Or maybe it's just encouraging people, lifting people up, being an example and an encouragement. Some people have that gift. If God has given you this gift, give Him the glory for it. Glorify God when someone mentions your talent or your gift. And God will be pleased like He was with Daniel. Well, Jesus said, Whoever exalts himself will be humbled. Whoever humbles himself will be exalted. Unfortunately, King Nebuchadnezzar was not humble for long. And he became mad with power, this king did. And Daniel started warning him. And God was sending him in these dreams, and Daniel would interpret them. And, he, and in these dreams, he would warn him that God was going to take the kingdom away if he didn't repent and humble himself. The king wouldn't listen. And he became more arrogant and more power-hungry. And finally, God, God humbled him permanently. He took the sanity he had from his mind. And the king went down on the ground on his hands and legs and started crawling. And he crawled out into the field and began eating grass with the ox in the field for days. Took the kingdom away from this man, but God insane. And they gave the kingdom to his son, his heir, uh, his heir. Unfortunately, King Balshazar, B A L S H A Z Z A R, Balshazar. This man was even less God-fearing than his father, unfortunately. And he was a, a worshiper of idols, a very pagan man. And he decided one day to have this, this great feast to honor his false gods, the gods of silver and gold. And he... He went out and they found the treasure that they had sold, stolen from Judah and brought to the kingdom. And they went and they got all this treasure, the, gut, the cups and the gauntlets of gold and silver, and they brought them to their feast and defiled them with their, their worshiping of false gods. And as they're making merry and, and worshiping these idols, all of a sudden this giant hand appeared out in the 
And let me tell you, there were some people that fell to the ground in fear. Imagine saying that. And this hand began to write on the side of the palace wall. And it wrote these words on the side of the wall. And they were shocked and amazed. And everyone, no one knew what these words meant. No one could read these words. They were in a language they didn't know. The king shouted for the astrologers and the wise men to come and someone interpret what this means. And no one could say. Finally, someone remembered Daniel. Maybe he could tell us. So they brought Daniel in and and the king begged him. He said, I'll give you a purple robe. I'll give you gold, all the gold that you can, you can ever want. I'll make you a powerful man. I'll make you third ruler of the whole kingdom. If you'll just explain to us, tell us what this means. And we're so afraid. Daniel said, you can keep your gold. I don't want your robe. Give it to someone else. I will tell you what it means. Before he did so, he preached to him. It was an opportunity. And he took it. He had a captive audience clinging on his every words, and he preached to them about God and about how they had turned from him and were worshiping false gods. And what God had done in the past to the kings of all the past. And he showed them what everything that was done and what would be done to them if they didn't repent. And then finally he said, I'll tell you what it means. Me, God has numbered your kingdom and finished it. Tackle, you have been weighed in the balances and found wanting. And finally, your kingdom has been divided and given to the Medes and the Persians. That very night, that very night, the king was slain. He was killed. And the kingdom was turned over to a Mede. A Mede named Darius. was also a pagan. He, uh, he, he changed the structure of the government drastically. He, he brought out 120 princes to be over all the kingdom. And eventually he set Daniel up as one of three governors over these princes. And Daniel was a righteous man and he distinguished himself much in this kingdom that eventually the king started talking about maybe making Daniel head over everybody else. He's such a good man. And this talk that the king was doing started making the other princes jealous. And they didn't like the sound of that. This foreigner becoming over all of them. And so they started scheming and trying a way they can 
bring this man down. And they looked and searched and tried to find something to say against him. But they couldn't find anything. Now, Daniel was getting up in years at this point. Some say, estimate that he was about 80 years old when this happened. And can you imagine a politician today who had been serving in the government in high places in the government all most of his life, having all these political enemies searching for something bad to say about him and not being able to find one thing bad to say? No cheating on his taxes, no bribing officials, nothing. That would be pretty amazing. And yet, they could find nothing against Daniel, so we see that it is possible, it is possible to live in society, a corrupt society, and remain faithful to God and not be corrupted by the world. It is possible Daniel did it because of his great faith. Well, these princes saw this faith that Daniel had. They saw it every day when Daniel would continually worship God the same way. How every day he went home three times a day And as God told the Jews to do, he would go home and look toward Jerusalem and pray three times a day. And they saw this and they thought, well, maybe we can use this against him. It's great faith. So they come before King Darius and they are flattering him. How wonderful you are, King. And they lay it on are so awesome. And they tell him how great he is, and we need to do something in this kingdom to recognize your greatness. We think we, we can pass a law that would honor you for 30 days. And this is the law they pass. Whoever petitions, whoever prays to any god or man for 30 days, except to you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions. Well, the king said, you know, that sounds like a pretty good law. He was taken in by the flattery, and his pride was built up. And he said, yes, let's do this. And so he, he passed the law, and this was the law of the land. And the thing about the laws of the Medes and Persians is once the king makes a law, it can't be changed, not even by the king himself. You know, we may not agree with all of the laws in this nation, but talk about an unfair law. This law was created for the sole purpose of convicting one man. happened to you? Would you stage a protest maybe? You know, Daniel had great power. 
could have, we could have made some noise about this. Would we go on the internet and protest, try to get the word out, to get this law changed, to get some outrage built up about this thing? Or would we go into hiding, maybe? You know, it's only for 30 days. We can worship in secret. We can go into random places and hide and not let anyone see us worshiping God. 30 days, we can last. Save our lives. You know what Daniel did? When he read this law, as soon as he read it, he went home. He went upstairs to his upper room, turned to the window looking toward Jerusalem, and prayed to God. The princes were outside watching, and they saw him do this. They go to the king and said, this law has already been broken, king. Someone is just defying you, praying to another god. Throw him in the lines, Daniel. Got to do it. They said, it's Daniel. And the king knew what had happened. He knew what they had done to him. But it was too late. He tried to change the situation, but it was too late. They reminded him of the Mede and Persian law. It can't be changed. Not even by you. They had won. They beat him. seen what would happen to people who were thrown into the den of lions. I'm told these lions weren't allowed to eat for days before. So they would be starving, ravaging, looking for anything to consume. Have you ever seen what, hap- what happens to a, a bunch of chickens in a chicken coop when you throw food in them? They just go all over. Sure, what was about to happen? These giant beasts, the competition for food, for any piece of meat they could grab, would be fierce. So, at the king's command, they rolled a big stone over the pit and they sealed it wax, and the king put his signet ring over the seal to make sure no one could break it. If they did, they would go. He was trapped in there with these beasts. As Daniel walked among the lions, something amazing happened. Their mouths were shut, and they all humbled themselves. This was the faithful servant of God. And God was in control of the lions. 
The Bible says that the king, as he thought about it, how Daniel was so consistent in his worship to God, he said that maybe, just maybe, his God might save him. The next morning, the king rose up early in the morning and ran out to the tomb and the, the pit there. And he shouted for anyone inside. Daniel, are you there? Daniel answered the king. And Daniel said, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouth so that they have not hurt me. Because I was found innocent before him. And also, O king, I have done no wrong before you. So the king was glad and he praised God. When someone wrongs you or hurts you, what is your reaction? You know, last Thursday, there was a lot of snow on the ground. You remember how bad it was. If you drove out in that, you know it was icy. And I was driving, trying to get to work. And there was construction, and I was kind of blocked in, and I couldn't go very fast. And I was stuck behind this car. And this car, I was behind... The whole back end of this car was plastered with bumper stickers mocking Christianity. Just saying horrible things, hateful things. Just in laughing at our faith. And, you know, as I sat there, I, I couldn't get around this car. I kept having to look at these things. The longer I looked at them, the angrier I got. And I was provoked to and I started, I started yelling at this person in my car. How can you be so hateful? How can you just put these signs intentionally trying to hurt people? That's all you're doing. You're just trying to hurt people. How can you do this? And I let him have it. And I was, I was so angry. The longer I couldn't move, and, and I started. And finally, I was getting where I could go around this person. I was thinking, when I get up there and get beside them, I'm going to give them the angriest, meanest frown they've ever seen in their life. They're going to be frowned at. And I started to go around, but then they turned and went the other direction. So I never got to do that. That. I don't know about you, but I find it just all too easy to, when someone provokes me and does something like that to just try to turn the table and do the same thing back to them. You know, to get even, to have vengeance and to, to, you know, make it right. That's just not right. But that's not what Daniel did. Sometimes we might be like the apostles a little bit. There in Luke chapter 9. They were out knocking doors for Jesus. And they were amongst Samaritans. And the Samaritans got upset with them. And they just started slamming the doors in the face. The apostles went back to Jesus and said, Can we 
pray and command fire to come down and destroy all these people. Jesus said, you don't know the matter of spirit that you are of. The Son of Man didn't come to destroy lives, but to save them. He told us to bless those that curse us. To do good to those who despitefully use us. Why? Why did he tell us to do that? So that we'll be like our Father in heaven, who gives rain to the good and the evil. Imagine what it would be like living in a world where every time you did something wrong, God would take away your food and not allow you to drink water for days. He doesn't do that to us, does he? He is so merciful and kind, and continues to bless us every day, even when we turn away from Him. We should treat other people like Daniel did. After he was shut in this lion's den, the first thing that he said to the man that put him in there because of his pride, the first thing he said to him was, O king, live forever. That's what I should have done to that person in the car. That's what I should have done for that person with the hateful bumper stickers. I should have prayed for them, shouldn't I? I should have prayed that they would come to know the truth. They would be able to live forever. I didn't. Maybe next time I'll remember and do that. After pulling him out of the den, the king had all those who accused him thrown in instead. They were all devoured instantly by the lions. But Daniel prospered in Rome, and he, he rose to power again. And he had many visions and dreams, and they're all written there in the book of Daniel. One thing we know for sure about this man because he didn't hide his faith. He didn't demand that others worship exactly like he did, but he didn't let other people change the way he worshiped God, the way he believed was right. Do you ever let fear about what other people might think or how, how they might react change the way you worship God? You know, we when we're together here on Sundays and whenever we eat together, we, we usually pray. We always pray. <laughs> pray to God for the meal. Some of you do that at home, I know. Is, do you pray when you're amongst just unbelievers? It's just you and a bunch of unbelievers there. You still pray to God. Are you afraid of what they might say or do? We need to be consistent in our faith, like Daniel was. Daniel was so consistent in the way he worshipped God that the king saw his faith by his works and was so impressed that this pagan worshipped God. 
Be an influence. Be an influence on other people with your faith this week. Be an influence on somebody by showing them your faith. I think I think the way Daniel was thrown into the lion's den. I think it happened really early, actually, when he was still a child. Daniel, I believe, was thrown into the lion's den when he was thrown into Babylon and was sent here to live with these pagan people who were trying to mold him into their culture, their ways. It would have been so easy for him to be devoured spiritually by Babylon. But instead, he shut their mouths as well with his faith, with his continual faith. He's a great example for us, an awesome example of how we can live in this corrupt world and not be corrupted by it. Of course, Jesus gave us the ultimate example of faith. When he lived this life here without sin at all, and he died for you and me, And he too was sealed in a pit. And God raised him from the dead the third day. Do you believe in Jesus Christ? Do you believe? Do you believe that he will raise you from the dead as well? If you believe that, are you living your life like you believe? Live like Jesus did. Live like Daniel. Be inspired by these people. That's why these stories are in the Bible. I hope this has been uplifting for all of you today. It was to me for learning this and reading this story. We're going to sing a song of invitation now. And if anyone has a spiritual need, If you'd like the prayers of the church, please come forward now and sit on the front row as we stand and sing.